Welcome to episode 10 of From the Front Porch. I'm Annie Jones, the owner of The Bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my co-owner, Katie Chastain. We're talking about reading resolutions and our words of the year. Hey, Katie. Hey, Annie. So, Annie, this is my favorite time of year to be with you because um, Annie has turned me on to the whole thoughtful processing, thoughtful goal making um, at this time of year and then checking back six months later. So I always think of you. Um, that makes me so happy. <laughs> when we talk about New Year's resolutions and, and the new year. Everybody always talks about winter being their least favorite season. And I don't know if it's that in other parts of the country, it's way colder than it is here, although uh-huh. I find it very chilly here. But um, everybody acts like it's gloomy and dark. And, and I guess that's true, but I love it. I love the fresh start, the turning of the page, the new calendars. Um, so this is like this, I don't know that it's my favorite time of year, but my birthday is right around the corner. I don't know. This is just fresh starts to me is what January and February are all about. Uh Um, so today we were going to start by talking about some reading resolutions. Um, so sometimes in the shop, I hear customers talk about things they want to do differently in their reading habits. Um, I have always, at least since I've um, been a part of the bookshelf, I've always tried to read a book a week. Um, so that's still one of my main reading resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, many months, especially like June and July, where my, I might be reading lighter fare, I might average two a week instead, and that's yeah. great. But if I can get a book a week done, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, so that's one of my big goals, but it's a goal kind of every, just, I feel like as the bookstore owner, you kind of have to do that to keep up with all of the books out there. Uh-huh. Um, so that's one of my big ones, but my new one for the year is to focus on maybe reading outside my box a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So last year toward the end of the year, I read, um, a couple of books that were different for me. So I read some young adult, which I don't normally do. Um, and then I read a book. She's an NPR host and now I'm going to blank on the name. Um, smoke gets in your eyes. And she, I think she has been on NPR, but she was writing a memoir about working in a crematorium. (laughs) And I read the whole thing and it was really well done, really well Uh written. But I will admit that I read it. I tend to read at night before bed. That's one of my major reading times. And I had the weirdest dreams for weeks. Like, and I was going to buy the book for my brother for Christmas and then I couldn't do it. I was like, this is a good book, but it's a little, you definitely think about death for weeks Uh while you're reading it. But I was proud of myself for reading it because it was different. It opened me up to a world I didn't know about. Um, man, aren't you a good conversationalist at dinner then? Man, I bet you had some great you, dinner conversations. I can tell you all about some of the grosses. I can tell you what part of the body burns fastest. I mean, really, really enjoyable. Please invite me to your next dinner party. Well, now you have to tell us what part of the body your burns. Your skull. Your skull. Wouldn't have expected. Right? Kind yeah. of weird. Okay, that's gross. That was a side note. But that book was fascinating. It was really well done. And totally kind of out of my reading comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally pride myself on reading both nonfiction and fiction. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a fairly diverse reader. But in this year, in 2015, I do want to read some more maybe historical nonfiction. Mm. My nonfiction tends to be memoir. Um, I finished off the year with Not That Kind of Girl by Lena Dunham, uh-huh. which was, whoa, <laughs> I just want to talk about it. I, in fact, I mailed it out to my... Um, my traveling book club because I just needed to know what somebody else thought. Um, have you read it? No. Okay. 
Do you you have heard of Lena? I yeah, okay. and a little bit um, shocked and proud of you for reading it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I would think that if you know Annie, she <laughs> maybe a little bit more on the prudish. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, you know, I think she, I think Lena Dunham can write incredibly well. I mean, I thought it was really well written very bizarre uh-huh. completely different from me and I wanted to read it because she and I are the same age and she keeps jokingly being referred to because I think this is how she refers to her character on the HBO show Girls as the voice of her generation right and yeah. so I wanted to know well what is the voice of my generation saying and there are some things that I that really resonated with me and then there are some things that I'm like that is very specific to where you grew up uh-huh. to who you grew up with to who your parents were um, because no one my age in this part of the country thinks or okay um or maybe think has those thoughts or thinks about those things but it was still good for me to read so i ended the year with one of, with that book yes please by amy poehler which i obviously loved um but that when i read nonfiction, that's what i tend to read mm-hmm. memoir i love memoir soft nonfiction. yeah yeah <laughs> and i love those and i fly through them i think reading other people's perspectives on themselves is fascinating uh-huh. but i would like to read a little bit more historic nonfiction. so liar temptress soldier spy i mm-hmm. think is the name of a new book about um civil war women in the civil war and Rebecca, our manager, started reading it. I'm not sure if she's finished with it yet, but that looks fascinating. I'd like to add that one to my list this year. One nonfiction book that I did not read, and I'm ashamed to say it, is Unbroken by Laura oh, you didn't? I didn't. You should be ashamed. So, I know. I, well, I'm shamed all the time in the bookstore, so <laughs> um, customers get really upset when I haven't read that one. So, that's on my list for the year. Uh-huh. Um, so some more nonfiction, but also specifically historical nonfiction. I think That's I great. tend to not read those, which is funny because I love Jordan and I love documentaries and mm-hmm. we loved the special, the PBS special on the Roosevelt's like we right. timed our days around that in the evening. So it's not like that doesn't interest me. I just don't gravitate toward that, towards those books on the shelf. Now, will you be able to keep up your one book a week when you're reading historical nonfiction? That will be the test, I think. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm reading some historical fiction. I'm reading All the Light We Cannot See. Have you read it? Mm-mm. It's so and good. And I don't know what it's about. That sounds okay, good. Okay, it's, it's so good. It's a beautiful good. title. <laughs> it is a beautiful title. It, so it is. it was one of the finalists for the National Book Award last year, um, or in 2014. And it came recommended by a couple of customers, but it takes place um, during World War II over in France. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. Germany mm-hmm. Uh, Germany is occupying France, and um, it focuses on the story of a young German soldier and then a young um, blind French girl. And it the writing is so beautiful. But I will say, so historical fiction is also not necessarily my first go-to when it comes to a book to read next. Um, so it's taking me a while, but I'm not, I don't feel pressured. It's so beautiful that I want it to take a while, Right. but I might not reach my book a week goal mm-hmm. unless, and this is what I might do is stagger them out better. I'm a planner anyway. So I already have like in my queue, I've got two young adult books mm-hmm. that everybody keeps talking about and I feel like I need to read them. Um, and those are normally quick. Right. So I might be able to knock those out and get my average back <laughs> back up. Um, Astonished Me by, by Maggie Shipstead right. is on my list. And I like her. So I anticipate that might be a pretty quick read. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, I think if I balance them out and maybe try to read one nonfiction historical book a month, that right. might, might average out okay. Because then I could read that all month long but sneak in little fiction mm-hmm. um, snippets here or there. But, so those are kind of my... 
those are my reading resolutions. Do you have any reading resolutions? So, yeah, and actually a little bit opposite of you. Um, well, that makes sense because I think our reading tastes in that way can be a little opposite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if I'm going to pick up a book, I generally pick up a pretty heavy nonfiction mm-hmm. um, and it takes me a long time to get, and I sort of slug through it, but I, I like that process and I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, so yeah, one of mine is to, to be more of a light reader and to pick mm-hmm. up and not just light, but also more fiction. Um, so I would like to do some more classics. I think that's always something on oh, yeah. people's reading resolutions. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, some lighter reading and this will go into my word of the year, which I'm so excited to talk about. <laughs> um, so I'll wait on that part of the resolution. Okay. The other way I read is I'd also like to resolve to co-read more. And maybe this is my way of kicking my husband into reading more. He loves to read, yeah. but at night um, would prefer to read the news. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's so fun to read in bed together. Yeah. And I love the conversations and the sort of brief talk that can come of both of you reading at the same time. Reading the same book or different things? Different things. I mean, yeah, the experience of reading together the same thing is also great, and maybe that should be part of my resolution. But no, just even if you're reading different things, to be reading at the same time. And you discussed it um, in podcast sometime in the fall about candlelight time. Yeah. Um, During Advent, is that? Or maybe it was was before. Yeah, it lasts from um, Halloween to Thanksgiving. It's like that space where there's nothing. Or maybe it's Thanksgiving. I think that's right. Halloween to Thanksgiving. Well, I missed that and did it during Advent. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't matter. I'm sure. Um, Yeah, either way, I got the point. (laughs) And it was wonderful. Yeah. And I wanted to share, and I would like to share that with Scott. And so I think that would be um, a, a goal is for us to have... I can tell the difference too. So we typically, Jordan and I typically, at least during the latter part of the year, especially, which the latter part of the year, if you work retail, it's just an exhausting time Mm -hmm. of the year. And so we would come home and work around the house or whatever. And then right before bed, we would watch an episode on Netflix of whatever show we were watching, which was fun. But in the new year, not even intentionally, I think it's just kind of happened that we're tired and we get in bed and he's been reading a book. Um, and I've been reading a book and mm-hmm. they're totally different. I'm reading fi- fiction right now and he's reading a nonfiction and, but you're right. The conversations that come from that, even just from reading like a sentence, like he might yes. say, Hey, listen to this. Uh-huh. And I'll admit occasionally I find that irritating because I'm like, I am in the middle. And finally the other, my, oh, was, you would hate to read next. <laughs> I was reading something last night and it was like an intense passage. And he was like, Hey, listen to this. And he just started going. And I was like, wait a minute, I've got to come out of my book now and listen to you. So uh-huh. hold on. But it is true. You kind of have some really neat. And even if you don't have conversations in that moment, like at dinner, ta- dinner yes. time or on date night, you now have stuff to talk about because you're not just watching the same show. You're reading different books. I right. like that goal. Yeah. So yeah. in co-reading, so definitely with my husband, but then also you talked about reading outside of your box and I certainly do that. Um, so I think reading with a book club, I've been out of a book club, I realized for maybe two since since I haven't been with the bookstore and yeah. that's a different reading experience when you're not in a book club. Yeah. We'll Um, have to talk about that too, because so I grieved my Tallahassee book club. I think I really had to grieve it for like a year because it was so successful and so lovely uh and so 
in the middle of the spectrum, I always say there's a spectrum of book clubs, right? Super intellectual, Mm -hmm. high literary reading, and then boozy book clubs. (laughs) And I feel like my book club has set happily happily in the middle. Uh Um, And I liked that because it was good for me because I tend to lean one way or the other. And um, so it was nice to be in a book club that was kind of diverse and it made me read. That's what book club does, right? It makes you read things you wouldn't normally, whether that's a silly beach read or a super you know, literary fiction piece. I don't know. So book club reading has been on, I'm trying to figure out if I'm brave enough to start a Thomasville book club. And I've put some feelers out. And I think, I think I'm, that's such, that's such great reading. Mm-hmm. It's so good for our brains. I it think. is. And I think that's part of it. When I, I am okay with reading outside my box. And I feel like I do a pretty good job because I generally read just whatever friends or family throw at me. Right. And, um, and I don't go out and pursue books a lot. Um, although there's some of that, um, but it helps me to think about the books after I read them. So, you know, I'll read them and then just forget about them. But if you're in a book club, you're discussing it and you're talking about it, you're mulling over it a little bit more. And good books make you want to do that. Like you just finished, what was it? The art, what is it? The magical art of the life changing magic of tidying up. Yes. I want to scream it from the (laughs) now. Love this book. Yeah. I put that, I actually put that on our book club recommended books um, because we had a book club fair this week and um, that was one of the ones I recommended because I, so it's on my list. Oh, good. Um, it needs to be on your list at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't yeah. think it's one anybody wants to read in December or November, but right now people are in the mood for that or I am, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in the mood for that. And so that's on my list to read here pretty quickly. Um, and oddly, so after actually Scott was the one who mentioned it to me, but I think cause he was looking for it for you because it was my only Christmas <laughs> gift. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Um, so, but after he told me about it, I heard about it everywhere. Yeah. All the podcasts are talking about He's so it. so in the know. I know. Scott. All we, you have to do is read Slate.com. <laughs> be on top of the game. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so, I think that would be, though, a great book club book. Because yes. I think that's when, when I read a book, I want to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. it. Like, all the light we cannot see, I'm desperate to talk to somebody about it. I'm oh. only halfway through, and I'm like, yeah. there's no one to talk to about this. I mean, there yes. are customers. But there's something, you, may, you might hear my dog scratching the door. There's something special about being in a group of people who have uh-huh. read that and that can talk to you about it and that have maybe differing opinions than you on yeah. it. I think that's good for us. Yeah. In fact, I'm in an article club and Fun. Um, I love those. we send around oh, yeah. articles that appeal to us. And it's so funny because their articles are brief enough that, um, you know, you can read four or five a month of a totally different varieties, but it's interesting to see there's three of us what different people send and we tend to tend to send the same type of article that's fun and I mentioned this book to them the life-changing magic of tidying up and the one of them who loves to send articles about reminiscing and history and the importance of family was appalled (laughs) by this book because basically it is purge everything don't keep that ugly raggy thing that your grandma gave you two years, you know, right. 20 years ago, whatever. Um, it's got to go. Um, and she was so appalled by it, but it did lead to some really great conversations. Yeah, I um, bet. And, you know, we're kind of minimal. We're a little bit of minimalists in our house, and so I wouldn't think we've had that much to tidy up. But after reading this book, I mean, I've probably taken 10 trips to Goodwill. Isn't that nuts? It's, yeah, nuts. Yeah. And the, the writer says, I think her average client throws out like 32 bags. Which is huge yard bags true. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so it, it is definitely a good one to start out the year with. Okay, so book club, maybe co-reading with your husband. Now tell me the one that's leading into your word of the year. Okay, and so word of the year this year is spaces okay. and not like outer space because <laughs> I had that conversation with somebody earlier and as soon as I told him my word of the year was, sp- I think I said space and that's why I'm just saying spaces now. <laughs> and he mentioned some galaxy that was just discovered and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 wrong direction. <laughs> my personal space. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I, I'll get into the different aspects of what I mean by spaces, but um, basically I don't want to feel like I could, that every book has to have a purpose. I want to read more for enjoyment, not yeah. just for the stimulation or because I want to know the information and not because it's doing something for right. me. And I want to just have that mental clear space mm-hmm. um, that's not constantly programmed. Yeah. So, oh, I um, like that. Yeah. So part of, so spaces, um, Physical spaces, there are a few physical spaces that I, we're really honing in on. Mm-hmm. Um, we just bought a total fixer-upper house. Right up the street from me. <laughs> right down the street from me. Um, only a few blocks from our current house. Um, so that's going to be a big project this year yeah. is getting that. It's going to be so fun. Um, and even, so this book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, um, I think has made me think about spaces a lot and mm-hmm. um, not needing to fill space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to have Leaving empty space. space. Yeah, white space. Margins. Mar- yes. Yeah. And that's what came up. Um, here I have my bubble diagram of what spaces means to Beautiful. me. And white space and uncluttered space comes up a lot. And that it. can be mental too. Yeah, absolutely yeah. mental. Absolutely yeah. mental. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly. Um, Will that mean you'll clear your schedule? <laughs> Yes, that is exactly what it means. And but, and I think towards the end of this past year, I've been learning to be a little more comfortable in that. And, yeah. And okay with having a few hours of just um, Well, and I, so I am a big scheduler mm-hmm. person, scheduled person. I live by a schedule. It helps me mentally. But, and I'm going to try to remember to link to it in the show notes. I read an article probably a year or so ago um, put out by a blogger and... Um, she wrote about margins and how important it was to leave open space because mm-hmm. otherwise you can't meet people. Right. You can't be spontaneous. And that's been really hard. That was hard for me in 2014. But I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I see life opening up a little bit for me. Uh-huh. Um, in 2014, I just don't think that was possible. I was in a new job and any new job is different and stressful. This one was particularly unique. And um, so I like the concept of leaving some space right for people to come in to say yes to some things there's that saying like you have to say no to some things to be able to say yes to right. other things um so i like i like the idea of leaving some space mental and physical yeah i think yeah. it leaves room for growth yeah um and yeah so that's what's exciting so right now i'm in that fun process of clearing out the space yeah um, to allow for that so that's been oh, kind that's of fun, fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great word to start off your year too yeah, yeah absolutely and even um so i'm teaching one day a week and the kids i teach um they're doing a semester long project to a mcintyre park improvement plan oh fun and so oh, Mc- your quiz mcintyre <laughs> park there's a survey online if we'll you have link suggestions to it. on how to improve the park um so it's yeah, it's been interesting to think about spaces from a professional point of view. So we walked around with the city planner Aww, and um, cool. talked to him about what 
effective spaces, public spaces do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, part of it is thinking about what is the function of space? Mm-hmm. Um, how do people enjoy space? How do people use space? Um, so yeah, I think it uh, allows for a lot of different, it allows your thinking to go a lot of different ways. Yeah. So, oh, I love it. That's it. Well, my word of the year. Um, so my last word was balance. Uh-huh. Um, because so <laughs> I was trying to learn what it really means to have a work-life balance. Uh And everybody says you can't, or not everybody, but I feel like a lot of people say, oh, you can't have work-life balance. And I understand what they mean. Um, That really, I knew going into that word that that wouldn't mean that my life would be a lovely balance of equal work, equal home, Mm -hmm. equal, you know, play. I understood that. Really what I wanted to focus on was, okay, in retail especially, there are seasons and you have to get used to those seasons. And so... In January through March, you might want to take advantage of it being a little slower because October through December, it's going to be crazy. Um, And so taking time to be okay with, okay, it's slow today, so I'm going to go home at 4.30 while somebody else covers. Or Mm -hmm. um, Jordan and I don't have any plans tonight, but that's okay because we need time at home alone or whatever. So I actually think that it was a great word for 2014. I I think I did okay with it. I was pretty pleased. Um, so my new word for 2015 is nurture, um, because, and that encompasses a few things. So, um, there's this big emphasis right now, at least on the blogs and websites and articles that I'm reading this emphasis on self care. Uh And I don't do a good job of that. And I was telling somebody, it's not because I take such good care of other people, which I think is often why women don't take care of themselves. It's that I really don't think about it. I forget I have doctor's appointments. I forget I have, you know, I'm out of a prescription or whoops, I didn't, you know, take a shower today. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm not going to talk to you about that. Yeah, self-care is not just not even sometimes on my radar. Mm-hmm. So, um, the idea of nurture actually came from this book about spiritual disciplines that my brother was showing me. He, um, he's a religion teacher up in Atlanta And it's this book about spiritual formation. And one of the chapters was on self-care as a spiritual act. And Hmm. I loved that. And I thought, oh my gosh, here it is. But I didn't want my word to be self-care because I don't just want to nurture myself. Good. Um, I want to take care of myself. And that's a big part, to be honest, of my year is to try to take better care of myself for the future. What if we have a baby one day. I want to know how to take care of myself, Mm -hmm. even if I don't take care of myself perfectly before we have children. I want to know how to do that. Um, So part of that is even as as small as, um, you know, reading what I want to read, Mm -hmm. taking an Epsom salt bath in the evenings, like things, little things that I might not do, light candles, buy flowers. So nurturing myself, nurturing our home. We love our little house, um, but sometimes it goes through some neglect because we're focused on other things. So Nurturing our home, nurturing community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, building our space here in Thomasville. There's your word. Building, building our place here. Finding friends. Um, maybe doing the book club thing is something I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks. Um, maybe doing a supper club. Maybe doing yard drinks on our street now that we have some new neighbors. Y'all are coming in, and then um, Megan and Spencer are right up the street. So. Things like that I thought would be fun to nurture community. Oh, that's a great idea. And then, yeah, and then nurture our faith. So Jordan and I have some faith questions that we've been asking all, pretty much all during 2014. And so we want to spend 2015 continuing to ask those. And I think that's terrifying to some people we know, (laughs) some of our family and friends. But 
Um, but we really like where we are faith wise, but we want to keep asking some questions and not be afraid. We don't want to be afraid of the answers we might find. And so nurturing that and, mm-hmm. and nurturing those questions and, and, um, taking care of one another spiritually. So there are a few different things that nurture encompasses, but that's my word of the year. And I've got to tell you, I feel really good about it. I like that word. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten your word of the year last year was balance and it made sense where you were last year. Um, but Scott tried to make that. He doesn't. He rolls his eyes at words of the year and doesn't do stuff <laughs> Jordan like Jordan picks one. Um, good for him. <laughs> and so when I finally was like, just choose one, he's like, balance. And I, I told him that was a cop-out word. So <laughs> I said, everybody wants balance. Of course you would pick balance. Yeah. Well, it is something everybody wants. But I hope I approached it knowing, okay, yes. I, I know it's elusive. But for me, what does that look like? What does yeah. balance look like in my life? But There was some concrete. And yeah. It's been so great. You turned me on to the idea of words of the year two years ago. So this is my third year doing a word of the year. And it really does shape my year, Doesn't it? It really does. For better or worse, I find that mine does. Yeah, it gives form to it. And I can look back and and say, this is what happened this year. And I I, I don't know. It gives it some kind of structure. And so I can tell you two years ago, my word was homemaking. (laughs) And you you made a baby. I made a baby. I made a home. (laughs) And so many things from that year stick with me. I mean, just mm-hmm. the things I enjoy, like the way I enjoy taking care of my home now and, mm-hmm. and cooking dinners came from that year. Um, and then because that year made me so brain dead, last year was enrichment. And yeah. so I spent a lot of time, you know, I took a couple courses online. Yeah. I took a, a real course. Um, I, w- I traveled more and so made up for all the brain damage I did by <laughs> making homemaking my word of the year. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love, I'm so excited about, it does kind of set the, the tone. Concept. I was trying to explain, I've always been a goal setter. Uh-huh. I, I blame my parents who literally every new year's day we would sit down to our, I'm discovering maybe a Southern meal of black eyed peas and salted ham and collard greens. I guess that's, I think that's supposed to be only on new year's day. Okay. But no, it, but I do think that's it's really a, Southern it day, a Southern day, new year's. So we would eat that meal on new year's day and then mm-hmm. afterwards we'd have a family meeting where we would discuss our personal, spiritual, familial, and physical oh, goals. This is why I love the Butterworth family. <laughs> and so, like, that was a big part of our growing up. Uh-huh. And so I brought that into my adult life and into my married life. And But what I love about a word is even sometimes when those goals maybe pass away or when we forget about them, that word is still there to guide us through the year. So yeah. I've been doing it for, I think, five years. And um, choose was the year I met you uh-huh. and it was really choose hard things was kind of the theme. And I chose to quit my job and I chose to, mm-hmm. you know, start working at the bookshelf and take this leap of faith. And what a fantastic year, hard, but fantastic year that was. And after that year, Jordan was like, never again, <laughs> please never choose the word choose ever again. But, um, that was so, that was so powerful. And then I look yeah. back and sure enough, so I, we always do an end of the year review in right. the Jones household. And so we like looked at how of 2014, <laughs> of course we do. We looked at how 2014 went and, and what was successful and what was not. And that word balance really did, even without thinking about it, affect mm. so many of my decisions yes. 
And so I, anyway, I love the concept. I'll, I'll link in the show notes to where I first started hearing about word of the year. So if you're it's not, it's a 20 page worksheet. So <laughs> don't be turned off. You don't have to do the 20 page worksheet. My friend emailed me this week or she texted me and she was like, so do you still do that worksheet? And I will admit to you that I did not physically fill out the worksheet, though Jordan and I did work through it together just yeah. out loud. Like, um, and that's the fun home. part of it. It is fun. And, yeah. and it's, it's just a fun activity to do together for us. We're a little weird, but, um, but it definitely makes your year purposeful and intentional, and I do really like that. And you don't feel like a month later you're falling short of your goals no. and then give up because there's not a standard you have to reach, but no. it's just a general idea. I think it's good to reach standards, don't get me wrong. Right. But, it's um, like a theme. Uh, you know, yeah. in, our church in Tallahassee used to pick a theme for the year, and I liked it. It just guided our church through through our year, and this kind of guides me. And Jordan knows my word, and so he has actually been helpful. It's so funny. At night, he'll be like, do you want a bath tonight? Because that's supposed to be nurturing. Like, <laughs> he's really supportive, and, and it's just Jordan's fun. word is sexual. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, we were with his family, and um, his dad was kind of kind of interested in this word of the year thing, but also like, what? And his dad was like, I think I picked my word of the year. And I was like, oh, good. What would you pick? And he was like, relax. <laughs> Loaf. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, I think that's great. I think that's great for you. Um, well, and that so, would be really great for some people. Some for people some people who work really hard, mm-hmm. I think relax would be a pretty difficult word to do. But yeah, I'm trying to learn to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, that's kind of a fun conversation. And I always like kind of talking about it with you because I think that that was something we did when we very first started working together. So it is kind of fun to it's end fun on that note. Back. Well, if you have any questions or you want to share your word of the year with us, you can always follow the bookshelf on on Twitter, that's at Bookshelf Tville. We're also on Instagram at Bookshelf Tville, and then you can find full episodes of the podcast on iTunes and at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. That's where you can also find show notes for this episode. Thanks so much. Thanks, Katie. All right, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.